Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of On The Line. It's Tuesday, October 24th. I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet. Hello. Big show, big weekend ahead. I know. State championship season. We're going to dive into a host of these meets today, along with big things from the weekend. Another national pick'em. I mean, when do we not have a national pick'em? I know. We're, we're counting down the weeks now, so I feel like every episode we need a... A new Go pick. back to it, yeah. A new pickup. <laughs> and then we'll finish off our Northeast team picks uh, here in the Northeast New York and California regions. Uh, before we dive into today's show, though, it's Tuesday. We're filming right before the Utah State Championship, so we obviously can't get to what's happening there. But I want to talk a little bit about it mm-hmm. before we dive into things. Yeah. Any thoughts or predictions? Yeah. I think my biggest thought is I'm just excited for Tim View, to be quite honest with you, especially seeing Lily Alder hit the cross-country course. I know I mentioned her a couple of times on the show, but she went ahead and won the Region 7 championship title in a 17:43. And as you mentioned, we're, they're about to hit the course in about 45 minutes or so right before we started filming. So I'm excited to see what Miss Alder does this today, Yeah, Tuesday. It's going to be a major state championship in in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Obviously, the number one storyline is Harriman, American Fork. One of two teams going at it in the 6A finals, along with number 32, Riverton, I believe, also in that race. Where are our thoughts? Does Harriman win? Does American Fork win? It's going to get spicy. Win? Ooh, I don't know. I'm I'm going to vote for Harriman on this one. Okay, you're going with consistency? Yeah, consistency here. Okay. Huge fan of American Fork, and I know Daniel Simmons is going to do yeah. what he needs to do. It's, it's definitely going to be a race to the finish, but I think Harriman's going to take this one. Harriman finished two through eight in their divisional race in nine-second spread. That will be incredibly tough to beat that Yeah, yeah. run like that. But if American Fork gets their first three guys in and kind of gets another one in between, yeah, I do, I'm actually sorry... Sorry, Harriman. I'm picking American Fork. Okay. Six eight. Okay. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Today's the day where Harriman goes down. Okay. But we'll wait 45 minutes to see what yeah, happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll recap all this stuff too. You know, with maybe some recaps on Instagram and, and social media and on the site uh, with Jane Hedegar and girls races, things like that. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. But as we always start the show, we're gonna go with top three things from the weekend. The first thing is. Emmanuel Perez, yeah, Los Angeles Cathedral runner, finally earned his huge win of mm-hmm. the season, uh, winning the D three four five sweepstakes race on Friday at Mount Sac at fourteen thirty eight. Ended up being the fastest time 
across two days of action at Mount Sac. What do we think of his performance? I just think his story as a whole is just very unique. He started running when he was a sophomore. Um, so I feel like personally, not many people had him on the radar because typically we see a lot of runners start their freshman year and then they start building. But for Perez, he just kind of snuck in there during his sophomore season. So he, this is his third year. He's gaining that experience. But I feel like he's been knocking at the door. He's been hitting that special moment. He was third at Woodbridge, second at Clovis, and as you mentioned, just won the title over the weekend, 1438 for three miles, and literally just taken down the field by 20 seconds. So I, I love seeing stories like this, where we see an athlete starting to find their passion and love for running, evolve, grow, get after titles, and just keep knocking at the door. I think that's yeah. one of the beautiful things about this. If you haven't already seen it, go to California Miles, but read the profile on yeah. Perez written by Tomo Chien. It's really, really good stuff. Mm -hmm. I think I agree with you. You, you know, kind of coming into the sport late. Mm -hmm. He wasn't seen as a runner. Sophomore year was sort of his understand that what's the process, what's happening. And then last year he wins his first state title, kind of mm -hmm. built a little bit. This year is going to be a little bit different. If you look at his times, though, 12th best 5K this season, 14.42. Third best three-mile performance in the U.S., 13.50. Mm -hmm. That's not just like any other good runner. That's exceptional. Yeah. Runner. He, he, I'm really curious to see how he will do once he gets to that national stage because more than likely at CIF, he's going to run one of the five fastest times and he'll get to NXN. Mm -hmm. Now, where does he go once he gets to Portland? He runs outside of California basically for the first time. Yeah. That's the question I'd love to know the answer to. But I mean, really fascinating story. Um, kind of is like some runners we've seen in the past that haven't had huge names but have built themselves up in, in a matter of a year. Mm -hmm. And he'll go to a big time university. I think if all things you know work out, um, we'll see him at the next. Yeah, time. and I love how you mentioned that article because I had a chance to read it also going into the show. And I think what really stands out about Perez too is we hear a lot of times like athletes work hard, right? Like that is something we hear day in and day out. But one of the things I love is that he went in and was like, I'm not quitting though. Like I might not be the fastest right now, just kind of reflecting on his, you know, his resume, but I'm going to continue to work hard, get better each time and look at the free tuition that he's getting right yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. Next up, Union Catholic boys and girls mm -hmm. coming off a really good performance at counties where they swept. Just how good is UC this year? Yeah, it was really interesting because I kind of did a deep dive yesterday, kind of compared the different programs and schools in the country who have like the top team averages for both the boys and the girls. And literally, I only found a handful of them on both sides. I think it's really hard to find one good team. It's even more difficult to have two. And I think Union Catholic has just done an extraordinary job this year with putting in the, you know, feeling the fire a little bit more for both of these teams. And at the Union County Championships, the boys won the title with 26 points with a 1546 average. Their top five runners all finished in the top 13, which is amazing. Our, our favorite guy, Jimmy, won the title in 1512, uh, 30 seconds faster than the rest of the field. And they've gone 1541 for their best team average, which puts them at number 44 in the country. And just looking specifically at the girls, I know a lot of eyes have been on the girls program lately, especially with Paige Ship, uh, Shippard and then Peyton Hollis, who did a fantastic job this weekend, winning the title with a 17.52 and Paige was right there with a 17.55. But what was impressive for me about the girls is their top seven all finished in the top eight and they're, they have the 17th best team average in the country this year with an 18.08. So 
it's like I mentioned, it's very, very difficult to get both teams ranked with all these, you know, the team averages up there. But I feel like Union Catholic is good, very good on both yeah. the boys and the girls side. Agreed. Top 10 national team on both sides ranked by us. Yeah. I'm not going to go overboard. Uh, it is a very good win at counties. Uh, great win, fast averages, uh, performances are great. It's pretty much par for the course for a team like this. Though, yeah. If you are considered the best in New Jersey or in that county, you should win like that. So I think it's par for the course. The fact that they beat Westfield, um, which was 21 uh, previous ranking before they dropped a little bit this past one, um, also a really good win. But the, the most important meets coming up are basically groups. Yeah. Meet champions, yeah. regionals. Before the season, I said that Union Catholic would make a run at these titles. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, because CBA won basically all of those last year. Groups, meet of champions, even at regionals, they were better than, than Union Catholic. Union Catholic was missing Jimmy. Yeah. He's back. They're obviously performing at a very high level. Right. But now is the time to see where, the, where they both stack up. Yeah. Is UC better than CBA? And that's a really fun question. That is a very CBA fun question. Been running They've been running very, very well this year, too. And that's why they moved up to number three in the rankings. So yes. Just like this is what cross-country season is made for. Yeah. For these big-time races. You know, we're seeing it in Utah today. Yeah. We're going to get it in New Jersey at the end of the month. Um, I, honestly, until they run, I'm not quite sure where I put them. Mm -hmm. I think Union Catholic is talented enough, but CBA, I it's going to be hard to offset them. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna, it's gonna have to literally be the best performance on that day. It's whatever team has the best performance for groups. Yeah, you know, uh, meet of champions, regionals, like that's gonna be the the team. Yeah, that's gonna be the team that comes out on top. So it's really hard for me to tell because I feel like they're very close right now on paper. Yeah. Girls team, maybe in my mind, are a little. Better yes. in terms of potential down the road. Yes. Because the talent stacked up top in that team is just pretty, pretty They're, tough to be. Peyton Hollis just won the county. Yes. Paige Shepard's a really engaging freshman. It, freshman, yes, freshman. And so, so it's like you have that depth, and the fact that Paige is one of the top runners right now on that yeah, team is yeah, like, ooh, what is she going to do <laughs> in the next three years that we get to see her? For sure. All right, watch out for that next week. Next up. Who's more dominant in Colorado right now in the girls? Mm. Addie Ritzenhide or Bethany Mahalik? This is a debate. This is a really fun show. <laughs> we're, we're hitting all the, the, the cylinders here. If I had to pick right now, I love them both. I, I love, they all have incredible resumes. But if I had to solely pick right now who is the most dominant athlete in Colorado on the girls' side, I'm going with Addie Ritzenheim. And the reason behind it is not only one, she's a sophomore, she is mighty. She's a yeah. mighty sophomore. But the progress that she has made in just one season has been absolutely remarkable. I want to take us back to 2022. At Desert Twilight, she clocked 18.10, and this year she went 16.44. Like, that kind of improvement is like unheard of and I, I we <laughs> we've had a chance to talk with Bobby Arias multiple times um, and just based off what we saw at the Colorado for region three championships he describes this course as quote brutal and the fact that she went out there and went 1658 on that course is absolutely wild I feel like Addie has just been very consistent she's been posting many of the nation's fastest times right now I don't care what her age is. I feel like Addison Ritzenhain is. Okay. That's my pick right now. More dominant right now. Yes. 
and I, I agree with you. I think both of these girls are among the best in the country. It's not like one's up here, one's down here. Oh, no, no, no. no. They're, it, they're here. They're here, yeah. It's yeah. a matter of who's been, maybe, maybe who actually is going to sort of be a little bit better down the road. Um, the dominance factor is small margins here. I'm picking Bethany, though, and mm -hmm. the reason I have that, that thought is because of her last few performances. Um, since Woodbridge, she's been nearly perfect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she finished sixth at that race, but if you consider the top four girls at Woodbridge all went under the national three-mile best, you know, that day. Mm -hmm. She was sixth. She was just 11 seconds behind it. So it's yeah. not like she ran anywhere outside the, the norm there. She ran well there. But after Woodbridge, she's been on fire. Um, she's won. Both of her races are, you know, she ran 16.48 at 5,000 feet of elevation, 16.59 at regionals at 60,000 feet of elevation. Um, if you compare her Ritz elevation profiles, the races they run, similar times have been pretty similar. Mm -hmm. The only separation for me is Mahalik's age mm. and experience. Maturity, yeah, yeah, and experience. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, she got off to maybe a slower start, if you want to classify it like that, is because, you know, she's looking at it a little bit differently. Right. September races are great, but what really she needs to do is, is perform in October. Those are the necessary races. Mm -hmm. The November races are critical. The December ones are the ones that are going to really set you apart legacy-wise, and they'll give you that payoff feeling. So I think they're both running awesome. Yes. I'm taking Mahalik down the road. I can understand that with the maturity and the experience that she has. And again, she's one of the, she is the top returner from NXM, which is a very prestige competition in itself. And the fact that um, she's here and she's healthy, which is great. Yeah. But I'm still going with Addison Rutzenheim here. Okay. Going with the sophomore, the mighty sophomore. The mighty sophomore. <laughs> State championships this weekend in Colorado. Yes. We will get more to that down the line. But first, um, we're going to go back to a segment which we kind of always do mm -hmm. uh, this fall. Who are our top three national contenders? At, if the season ended today, who mm -hmm. are we picking? Let's start with the girls first. Girls first. Well, we've talked briefly about this one. I'm going with Jane Hedegren. And the reason being is I feel the biggest question, me personally, going into this 2023 season was what is Jane going to be able to do? Is she going to be able to continue that momentum from her outdoor season last year? Because last year was fantastic of what she did as a freshman. I think we're getting those answers now. What we saw at Woodbridge, absolutely incredible. She is just a strong, talented sophomore, breaking the record of 15.32 for, for three miles. I feel like Jane, and we're going to, obviously, she's going to compete today, but I feel like Jane Hedegren is the woman with the target on her back. The times that she posted, and I know she's only competing in a handful of races, but the times that she has left out there on the cross-country course, it just speaks volumes. So I would go with Jane Hennigren winning a title, number one. Number two, I would go with Elizabeth Leachman. She's pretty much toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jane Hennigren, and it's interesting. They're both sophomores, so we already know they're competitors. Elizabeth Leachman's two. But three, I have Rachel Forsyth. And the reason why I have Rachel third is because I feel like this whole entire season, consistently she's been putting out really fast times and she's just been doing remarkable things. I know she's just been 
putting in the work right now, looking very strong. So I would put her as my third runner right now if I had to go in that order for nationals. I like it. I'm going to be a little off your off center your list a little bit though. Um, obviously, keeping in mind there's three big races this offseason. Yeah. Uh, it's NXN, Foot Locker, and and Running Lane. And, right. You know. Some athletes pick one, some pick both, some pick the other. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Sadie Engelhardt. Okay. I think she's picking Foot Locker. I don't think she does NXN. Mm -hmm. I think she wins Foot Locker. Um, the way Ooh, she ran at, that is a, okay. The way she ran Good at pick. Clovis uh, yeah. was a, a me record, the best she's ever run on the state course. Uh, next up for her is the state series, then the state championships, then boom, it's national. So. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't have a ton of races on her legs, which is great. And I think seeing that Clovis win really gave me an indication that, like, she is ready mm -hmm. for that. So I'm picking her for Full Locker. I'm picking Rachel Forsythe for NXN because no runner right now is as tough as her and has gone through what she has. Yes. And I think that's made her such an impressive athlete and, and person. Um, she's won eight races. She's gone under 17 minutes in her last seven races. I mean, Michigan runners are, are built tough. Tough. They're built Detroit. tough. Yes. Detroit. <laughs> tough. Um, and I, I think I agree with you. She's, she's a tough runner. I think she wins that extent in my, my mind. And then my third last runner is Zariel Machia. Mm, I like that. Really good runner uh, at Foot Locker historically. And she's been just as good as she was last year, this year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't think we sleep on her anymore. I think we give her enough credit, but oh, yeah. I'm I'm picking her as my third best runner here in the nation right now. Okay. You know, she's not going to have the super fast times, I think, but what matters is obviously the performances on the national stage. And she's and been very consistent. Yeah. And she's yeah. one of those athletes that like when you just look at national meets, Zariel Machia's name is always yeah. in the it doesn't matter what distance event she's running that day. She's always going to find a way to be at a national meet and get yeah. that exposure. So I totally agree with you there. Was Ariel? Boys contender. Okay. Boys Here we go. Again, spicy show today. I'm going with Clay Shively. For one? For one. Your top guy. My top guy. I've been... <laughs> I was not um, influenced by Max Bradley whatsoever from Can He's a huge Kansas guy. <laughs> but the reason why I picked Clay Shively is a few episodes ago, I remember do, uh, doing the segment with Ashley, and Clay Shively po like, said it and put it out in the world that he's like, I am going for an NXN title. And he said it early. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's been backing up those performances day after day after day. And I stood by it, and I'm not backing down now. And I think he had a huge, that huge victory that he had at Roy Griak, I think really elevated him and gave him even more confidence with that 1523. And then he set a 5K personal best at the Olay Twilight where he went 1442. So again, Clay Shively, I have number one. Number two, I have Daniel Simmons of American Fork. Of course, he's had the undefeated season, second at uh, NXN last year, and he's gone 1502 this season. And then for spot number three, I have Drew Griffith who went 14:21 on the pole green park course, um, which was the fastest effort by any Pennsylvania guy in history. So if I, again, if they all were to line up at the same race, that is the order I would predict. So Drew Griffith is your Foot Locker champion? Yes. Okay. I yes. agree with you, actually. I finally have, I have finally stepped up and I agree with Drew Griffith <laughs> as a Foot Locker guy. It took yeah. a little bit this past weekend with some results that happened, but I'm finally there. You're finally there. I do have Daniel Simmons. There we go. I'm not backing off of Daniel Simmons. And that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until somebody beats him, he is the guy that 
needs to be beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will be, you know, an interesting Utah State Championship to see how he does. But Daniel Simmons is my guy. Okay. Uh, I think he's amazing. <laughs> Nathan Neal of Bozeman is my uh, sort of off-the-radar pick. I think he finishes second at NXN. Uh, he is out of Bozeman. He's won all five races he's run this year. 14.50 is his best time. Um, he's strong. He's, he's new to running relatively from, from soccer. So I think he, like Emmanuel Perez, comes to this in a different vantage point. But that ultimately serves him, I think, at, at the next level. And, and even last year at uh, NXN, he finished 25th. So he does have experience on the national station. So I'm picking Nathan Neal. And then Drew Griffith is my final pick. I think he wins Foot Locker this year. I'm finally ready to say that. I'm sorry if that puts pressure on you. <laughs> we both just said it, though. We Drew both Griffith, said it. We see it. Foot Locker guy. We think he's the prohibitive favorite now at this point. Yeah. Time. All right. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. This was a very spicy first part of the show. <laughs> yeah. I love it, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to finish off our regional picks. Yes. Three final regionals. Northeast, New York. California, uh, top four teams uh, in each basically division. Olivia's going to do girls. Mm-hmm. What do we got here in the Northeast? All right, let's start with the Northeast. That's going to kick off November 25th. That's crazy to think. A month from tomorrow, this is all going to go down. Here are the states that will be competing in this region. You have Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Vermont. So, Number one for me, we've talked about them at the beginning of the show because they are that good. I have Union Catholic. They're number nine in the country on our rankings. They grabbed the major victory over the defending NXN champions at the Ocean State Cross Country Invitational, and they hold the 17th best team average this year with an 1808. So I really feel like Union Catholic from New Jersey can sneak up there and be one of the top teams from this region. Number two from Pennsylvania, I have North Algany and they've had an 1816 best team average this year. They've been knocking at the doors and they've been kind of floating for me, um, kind of close to that top 25 on our mile split 50 rankings. So I'm not counting them out. Number three, I have Freehold Township of New Jersey. They're led by Emma Zawatsky, who's just been having a great season already. 1843 team average from there. And then my fourth kind of, I have a feeling this team could really surprise us, is Haydenfield Memorial, another team from New Jersey. They hold a 19 flat team average this season. So those are my top four picks from the Northeast. I believe this is at Bowden too. Uh, so... Um, tough course for the Northeast. You're not going to yeah. run fast here. So you, I originally had a different pick for my, for on my boys' side, but then I realized, like, you know, it's not about running fast. <laughs> it's not. Bowden. It's about running uh, measured and, and yeah. Things. So I actually just just switched my fourth pick, but okay, I'm your not fourth pick. Too much time into this. Okay. CBA one, Union Catholic two, Westfield three. Those are the basically the, the top three New Jersey teams and mm-hmm. they're in the rankings. Originally had Ridgefield at four. They were second at Great American, but Wake Med's a much different course than, than, than Bowdoin is, so I, I'm switching LaSalle Academy. Of wow, uh, the bold moves up today. Up to four, uh, <laughs> they finished second at Manhattan. So, 
Hey, prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> those are my picks there. Let's move to the New York region, Olivia. Okay, as we know, New York is its own thing, New York. So my top four things, top four teams from New York, you got to go with the defending champions here, Saratoga Springs. Uh, they've had a best of 18.28 for their team average. Honestly, I'm not surprised by that. So Saratoga Springs, number one. Number two, I have Bethlehem Central. I feel like they've been a solid team this season. What's quite impressive is they've been consistently been in that 840 team average range, and they've been able to get their top scoring runners within 60 seconds. I think their best split was a 53 this year, so they're looking solid. FM I have at number three. They are led by Izzy Sullivan. This team has an 1842 team average, and they have a 79 second split. And then my fourth team is Erdernondak, I think is how you pronounce the school. It is the fourth best team in the state. They have a 1913 team average. But honestly, for me, it's Saratoga, Bethlehem Central, and FM are like, mm-hmm. like rock and stone there. Okay. New York on the on the guy side just made another switch. Um, originally had <laughs> Fairport, Fairport at one. I'm moving St. Anthony's up to one. Okay. Um, Fairport at two. Auburn at three, Arlington at four. I think it's like we talked about the Southeast last week being anyone's game, mm-hmm. really, because there was so many teams, there's so many states that are featured in, in that that region. New York's a little bit of a crapshoot too, to be quite honest. Um, St. Anthony's ran really well in Manhattan, and they beat Auburn, so. I think, and Auburn was just off Fairport in some of their performances. I think it was uh, McQuaid. Uh, they lost to Fairport by 32 points. So I think it's closer than... We think. Than, than, yeah, I mean, Fairport has been the best team in New York all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won, but some of those margins of victory have been, um, you know, not, not like, huge. You're not blowing so, them out, yeah. So for me, like... I'm going to pick St. Anthony's. I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say they get there this year. Fairport, too. They get there. Auburn, Arlington, New York is my fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's kind of up in the air for, for New York teams. Last and final region here we're getting to is California. California State Championships act as the qualifier for NXN. Mm-hmm. They happen November 25th. Yeah. So, spot number one, the team that we've been like, all right, they've been putting out the best marks out there, and they're continuously doing that, J. Sarah Catholic. Yeah. Um, they're number three on our mile split 50 rankings. They have taken down the defending CIF Division One champions at Clovis. And I feel like this squad was able to overtake the victory late. As we mentioned, it's not always about how you start. It's about how you finished. And they finished with an 1806 average. Number two is Buchanan, another top team. I feel like I'm not counting them out quite yet. They're number 11 on our mile split 50. They were third at Clovis. Um, so I'm not counting them out. Number three and four, I feel like it depends. Um, I've had Ventura at three, and the reason being is because I don't know if now, because their team looks solid, if they're going to take into consideration going to NXN. As Corey mentioned early on in the show, Sadie Englehart tends to go towards champ sports. That's been her primary like national championships that they go to um, for Sadie. So I don't know if this changes anything, but it for could. right, it, it could. could. So it could. number three, if I'm like, okay, they're going to NXN. I have Ventura right now at spot number three. They're number 10 on our rankings, and they've been doing really well ever since they competed at Clovis. 
If not, number four, I have Santiago Corona. They're number 14 on our rankings. They tied with Buchanan at Clovis, and Buchanan has a huge target on their back as the defending Division I champions, and uh, Santiago finished with an 18-16 average this year. So those are my top four picks right now. I'll be honest, I didn't really think about it in terms of if Ventura qualifies. Yeah. Say you do. Yeah, that's but my big question now. If they qualify, that means she can't run for locker because, you know, NXN is on the Locker West date. So you do have to make a decision at yeah. that point. Team over individual. Yes. Tend to think so I, I don't know. It'll be an interesting question. If so, it's the question now going into but, but, nationals. But it really depends because top two get in automatically. If Ventura is on that third or fourth spot, um, it really depends on the committee. Yeah. And sometimes I, I don't know. I'll just say like California last year got a couple at largest in, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, on the guy side, Great Oak, I have winning. Uh, from the meat merge, basically, I think they took a loss at Clovis to Dana Hills, and maybe in some ways that was a good loss because they know that they can be beaten on yeah. a given day. Mm-hmm. So you can't go in here overlooking anybody. So I think Great Oak comes out meat merge, uh, winning. They just come off the win in Mount Sac. They even could have uh, Weston Brown back. He hasn't been running, but I think he might be back during the the state regional system or the state national system. So could watch out for them. I got Dana Hills at two because they've been good all year. They won that big meet at Clovis. I have Ventura at three. They really got smacked in the face mm-hmm. uh, at Clovis and, you know, finally took a big loss, which probably gives them a, a measure of, like, um, realization. Like, we're, we're not, like, we are this, we are a good team, but if everything doesn't come together, we can easily lose here. So Ventura three, I think they come back and they run a good uh, average at California. And then I have Oakdale at four, beating out San Clemente here. So... Um, it's going to be tight in California, I think. Yeah. Potentially, I do think that that third boys team could get in if it is Ventura. Um, I tend to think that they're going to take at least one California team on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just have to, to see after that. All right. Uh, next up, state championship season. <laughs> it uh, is here. <laughs> it is here. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, it just feels like, yeah. it feels like yesterday was AAU. It, and then yeah, boom, okay. here we are. Okay. We're talking cross country state championships. For sure. <laughs> South Dakota's already gone off. Nebraska's gone off. Utah today. This weekend, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Colorado, Maine. Biggest girl story look girl storyline you're looking into, Olivia. Yes, I have two. And I'm gonna focus on Kentucky and I'm also going to focus on Maine. Specifically with Kentucky, after Kiara O'Shea graduated, I had this huge question of Who's going to kind of fill in the gap as that top gal that like puts continues to put Kentucky on the map? And just kind of looking at the merges that we've had, there are four potential contenders for a title. You have Tula Fabush of Oldham. She is the top returner from this meet. She was third at the 3A regional state meet last year. Then, of course, you have Addison Moore, who, just speaking of AAU, has been an AAU national uh, winner. She's also broken records at AAU as well. She was a standout freshman in 2022, and she was also fourth in her class last year. Then another athlete that comes to mind is Reagan Gilmore of Assumption. She is the fastest seed time right now of a 1724. 
And of course, over this whole entire season, we've been seeing a lot of middle school kids really elevate themselves. And so eighth grader Caroline Mooney of Bullet East, um, I feel like will also be in the mix as well. So that's what I'm looking forward to in, Can in excuse me, Kentucky and Kansas. Uh, I feel like Clay Shively and Caitlin Rope are the biggest headlines going into there. I feel like they're going to have a big showing. And then my third storyline, the thing I'm looking out for the most, is Ruth White. We're huge fans of Ruth. Uh, she recently committed to Boise State, so we're super excited for her. And she's going for her third straight cross-country title. What's interesting about her story is she is the only girl in the state to dip under 17 minutes for 5K in history. She set a personal best of 1656 at the main cross country festival of champions just a few weeks ago. So very sharp against how you finish. And right now I feel like she's finishing strong. So how fast can she go on home soil this weekend? And she won the title last year with an 1802 to just see the margin that she's just progressed has just been amazing and i'm wondering if she can pull a few people close to that 17 flat mark yeah. uh going into state championships in maine go ruth <laughs> all right biggest single boy storyline i'm looking into is uh benjamin anderson uh can he win his eighth straight race this season he's been undefeated 39th last year uh so there is a bit of that redemption quality to this race uh, in colorado mountain vista was fourth last year so individually can he lead his team? Uh, that's definitely one big storyline we're work, working in toward uh, this weekend. A couple runners stand in his way. Brennan Draper, I think, has a legitimate opportunity to sort of supplant, uh, up, up, upward, up, up, up plant. I don't know what I'm going at, but um, <laughs> he can definitely beat Benjamin Anderson on a, on a given day. So uh, Ben has to watch out for him. And then Daniel Horoska of Cherry Creek, too, also have to work, watch out for him. Uh, but I do think this is a perfect time for Anderson to, to finish off what this season has been for him. Uh, he's been the best guy in Colorado all year long. Um, and if we look at the Norris Penrose Event Center history, over the last four or five seasons, the times have really been dipping down. Uh, Cole Sprout won 15-12 in 2019. Parker Wolf set the meet record there uh, in 2020-15-10. Zane Bergen won 15-17 in 2021. Christian Grondike. 1513 last year. So if history serves as an example, Ben Anderson has a chance to drop under 1520 and maybe even go after a meet record mm -hmm. there at Penrose. Uh, so we're definitely going to see if that can come to fruition there. Uh, also, side note to those four guys, three of them ended up being top 10 at a national race uh, to finish off their year. So that's kind of good um, little fuel for, for Ben as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to go to the top team storyline at the Colorado State Championships. Mm -hmm. Olivia, what do you got? Oh, man. I feel like on the girls' side in particular, there's just so much going on. I I'm excited for it. It's all great, good things going on. Will Niwot or Air Academy have the best showing? I think that's the biggest question. They're not in the same classification, so we're not going to see them go head-to-head. -head. So without the biggest competitor lining up there, who's going to come out on top? you know, throughout the race. Mm -hmm. And also, we talked about Bethany Mahalik and Addison Ritzenheit. What are they going to put down? So just taking a deeper dive, Niwot, we have as our number one team on the rankings, and rightfully so, they scored 15 points to win the Desert Twilight Invitational with a 17-31 team average. And they definitely know how to get their top runners in efficiently, quick, 
and effortlessly with a 69 second spread. Air Academy is not too far behind them, number two on our rankings, and they recently got their win at the Air Academy Cadet Invitational. Now, when I'm looking at this individually, I have three ranked girls, and then I have three that are on this honorable mention, all in different classifications in the 3A division. I have Isabel Lori. I'm excited to see what she does from Liberty Common. She's the 10th best on our rankings right now. She continues to have an undefeated season. She won the Liberty Bell Cross Country Invitational with a 1651 personal best, and I think she's looking to defend that title as well. Then you go into 4A, and that's where you have Niwat and Addison Ritzenhain, who I pick is like if nationals were to happen today, she's the one <laughs> that I feel like could really put out a great showing. And she was second to Ella Hagen at States last year. So can she grab her very first cross-country title? Moving into 5A, that's where Bethany Mahalik and Air Academy, the cadets, that's where they're at, number eight on our rankings. And I feel like this is a great opportunity for her to put something together. As we mentioned, she is the top returner from NXN. She was sixth last year at this competition. And so I feel like she could really put a really great showing at States over the weekend. So I'm keeping my eyes out for also Ella Hagen, Mia Prock, and Tessa Walter, who, again, are doing great things. So lots of things happening yeah. on the girls' side. Yeah. Top boys team storyline uh, is, in my eyes, probably Niwat. Uh, 4A, I think they have a chance. I, honestly, I'm I'm a little unsure about like just how good they are. Mm. Um, Desert Twilight, they ran very well. Speed mm -hmm. ratings were high, and then they run regions. It seems like they cruise, and then the speed ratings are low. Makes you wonder about the speed ratings a little bit. Uh, but also, it's regionals, right? Were they just trying to like? That's what I'm saying. Cruise they, just. But, like you said, cruise on in there? Yeah, but you don't cruise eight points down from a speed rating. I, I, most times, like, mm -hmm. you're not that far off from where you are. So um, I think at States, it will force them to run away to get the win. Um, even though they do have things down the line, I think they will run as a team, as a unit, um, together, and as, as well as they've run all season. So Niwot is the biggest... I think storyline for for me at the Colorado State Championships because of that fact alone. Now they're in 4A. They're not going to face the big dogs in right. 5A. So we still will leave here evaluating what it all meant. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Niowat is the best team in Colorado right now. 5A is going to have Mountain Vista, Valor Christian, Rock Canyon, Thunder Ridge. That's going to be a battle between all those teams. Uh, we'll see how that win compares to the 4A win and and just how to, what, what to take away from it because from, from that, that point we go to NXR Southwest um, which is early yeah. and, and and just get real for, for a lot of these teams that want to get to Nationals. Yeah. It's so difficult with Colorado how all the great teams are all separated in different classifications. I'm like, yeah. I just want y'all to line up yeah. together. It's hard and it's, it's evident on the boys' side as well. You know where we don't have to worry about that? California. Well, no, well, California has five divisions. Five, yeah. But Indiana. Oh, Indiana, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Indiana, it's one and done. One boys race, what? one girls race. It's over. Oh. And it's this weekend, October yes. 28th, Laverne, Gibson, XE Course, Terre Haute. Um, we got to get into Indiana because it always yes. supplies great excitement, uh, speed, and, <laughs> and really some engaging stories to, to, to leave. And I think on the girls' side, let's talk about individual side is there 
one outright favorite? <laughs> I, I think it's, I think we can say that. Okay. Um, from Delta High School, we have Mickey Sutherland, who's just been completely dominating left and right. This year, I feel like Nikki's just on a whole nother level. She won her sectional and regionals, like, doing her thing. She set a 5K personal best of 17.01 earlier this season. I'm like, all right, it's the Nikki Sutherland show yeah. on the girls' side this year, doing great things. However, I... She she's like I said been doing great things, but I feel like there are two sophomores that I also want to keep put on your radar. Essentially, mm -hmm. I'm looking for now the up and coming individuals from Indiana. Nikki Sutherland is graduating and she's going to be doing her thing. So who are those next stars that we can kind of look forward to? You have Julia Score, and the only race that she didn't win this year was the Nike Cross Country Town Classic, uh, Cross Country Town Twilight, excuse me, which was a very very competitive race. We talked about Zaria Machia. She was in that race, took the victory. Nikki Sutherland was second in that race, and the fact that Julia Score finished in the top 10 in that race really speaks volumes on the kind of competitor that she is. And she set a personal best there of 17-16. Libby, Libby Doughty of Indian Creek is another athlete I'm looking forward to seeing. She was fourth at the Nike Cross Country Town Twilight Meet where she ran a 5K personal best of 17.09. So we had a lot of Indiana and Illinois athletes competing at that meet. So it kind of gave me a, a glimpse of kind of what to expect. So Nikki Sutherland, I think, is going to go after that title. But I'm curious to see that that fight for second and third. And yeah. possibly Julia Score and Libby Doughty will be in that mix. So it's cut and dry. Nikki is out. Yes. Okay. I feel like it's safe to say that. I get worried about that sometimes because when there's only, like, one name you're looking at, it's easy for things, I think, to, like, not go, yeah, not go your <laughs> way. Uh, and that, that puts the most pressure on you because you have to win. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, though. I agree. Nikki, Nikki Sutherland. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like she just has the experience and has, I don't want to say cushion, but I'm not, I'm honestly not too worried about. Indiana is usually de a little deeper. Um, yeah. So I'm a little surprised. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of where maybe some surprises could happen. Yeah. On the guy side, I think there's four clear contenders for this title. Uh, now, it's it was put up in a little bit of, you know, chaos last week because Cameron Todd mm -hmm. lost the Region 3 race to Anthony Provenzano of, mm -hmm. of Carmel. For the first time, Todd had won all the big races uh, that year, uh, that that season, and then all of a sudden Provenzano finally beats him yeah. uh, at his own game. So now you're kind of wondering who, who's going to take this because you look at that photo right here. That was last <laughs> year's state meet. Provenzano was second. Yeah. Todd was after him. Matisson was first. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, gamesmanship, I think, that can come of this race between those two because they have history. Mm -hmm. Sam Quagliari uh, definitely is a guy that can contend for the title. He's basically the third or fourth ranked guy in Indiana, depending on, on how you see it. Will Conway of Floyd Central, mm -hmm. healthy, definitely is going to go at, after it. He has a tendency to go out fast and make moves, uh, but he's learned that like over time, if you sit and you wait, most times those races come back to you. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how he races mm -hmm. at state championships. But those four guys are in it, in my eyes, to, to win it. Um, I have been on Cameron Todd's sort of wagon the whole year, and I'm going to stay on it. Mm -hmm. I say Cameron Todd wins Indiana State Championships. Okay. 
What do you think? I think that's fair, um, and especially with the photo that we have, and just knowing that the competitors that we're seeing with Anthony and Cameron Todd, we're going to see the best come out of them. And so, I don't know. It's going to be great. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of with you on Cameron Todd here. Okay. I feel like Cameron Todd could. It's not going to be an easy win, but I feel like he could be that first one across the line. We'll see. We'll see. Indiana State Championship. Well, Conway has the, the mullet. Mullet has some powers, so we'll watch <laughs> out for that. Uh, on the team front, let's talk about how things will shake out and why. Uh, what's happening on the girls' side? Yes, I'm excited for this boys, uh, excuse me, this girls' team race. Noblesville looks very strong. Again, the Nike cross-country meet really gave me a glimpse of kind of what to expect and just where they were. And, of course, you had great competition, so I feel like it was a great playing field for, for you to make a clear analysis on there. And they got second place uh, as a team right behind Mount Prospect. And they won their Region 4 by 18 points, and they have the second-best team average in the state. You also have Fort Wayne, Concordia, Lutheran, that's also going to be in this mix. They won the Region 2 race. They had the fourth fastest team average with an 1830. I'm not counting out Homestead either. They're led by Addison Noblock, who's just, again, another athlete that's been competing very strong this season. Uh, they were second at their region, fifth best team average in the state and then also Hamilton Southeastern I'm not counting them out either is probably a top contender they're the fastest team uh, they have the fastest team average in the state this year they were sec six at the Nike cross-country meet so they probably didn't have the best showing there but I'm not counting them out either they were second to Noblesville at the regional meet and the thing was they had um, they didn't run with Maggie Powers, who I feel like is one of the top leaders on that team. So I don't know if they're saving her. I don't know if she had an injury in between a few of her races, but yeah. I'm not counting out Hamilton Southeastern at all. Okay. Noblesville, Fort Wayne, Concordia Lutheran. Homestead. Yeah. No Carmel there. That's, Carmel, that's I feel odd. like it's going to be, they're going to be in the mix. I don't yeah. know if I would put them at the very top, though. Okay. They're definitely up there, though. Okay. Interesting stuff. Yes. Guys, side, Carmel, Fishers, Hamilton Southeast, Bloomington North, Floyd Central, those five teams are coming out of their regions, either first or second. Carmel was the most dominant out of Region 3 with 34 points, and it wasn't really close. All the other teams that I just mentioned had kind of battles uh, just to get to the state championship. So I think that provides Carmel a little bit of um, stress-free living going, going into Terre Haute. I think they are the, the prohibitive favorite, and somebody's got to beat them at this point at their own game. But Carmel's got five guys under 16 minutes. Uh, Provenzano's, you know, in the 1520s. He might even run a little faster. Historically, on this course, there's been a few guys that have gone under 15, mm -hmm. and there's no more season left in the state. So you got to bring it uh, at the Indian State Championship. So um, I think Carmel's got it a little bit in the bag mm -hmm. uh, at this point. Okay. But, It'll that be all fun. sounds great. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have all the coverage on milesplit.com uh, over the weekend, and we'll cover all this stuff. Any other lasting notes uh, about Halloween? Halloween or... is coming up. <laughs> it's really interesting because our HQ is having like a Halloween party on Thursday, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to be. Still, oh. did you wait? Do you have an idea for what you want to be for Halloween? No, my no? my my whole. <laughs> aesthetic for Halloween uh, from a professional sense is always uh, gym three-hole punch. Like, I don't want to put any work in, so I'll just be three-hole punch. Um, I never really got that. Uh, like, it's I guess it's like a hole punch. It's, 
I, I don't get it really, but I don't know. It's easy. It's easy. Three yeah. circles. See, for me, I, I, I told you this in the office, but I typically dress up as a, a baby because yeah. what, what you could do is get a onesie. And, it's of course, you can sleep in a onesie and just mm. find a bottle somewhere, get a bib, yeah. blanket, and a teddy bear, and you're good to go. But, you guys, we want to see your decorations. Yeah. We want to see your costumes. Yeah. Um, I know we have the video of Corey's My house. scream. Yeah. yeah, Corey's house there yeah. with scream. <laughs> on the porch. Have you added more decorations? Because I know you and Kat really get into it. Do you have a scarecrow? Didn't you have a scarecrow? We all do scarecrow. Well, tech actually, yeah, we have scary scarecrow on one of our uh, rocking chairs. Okay. Which we're, we're going to put candy on it. Okay. And it, it's battery powered, so every time you take a candy out, it screams. Screams. You, so, okay. Yeah. So nothing more has been added to the. I mean, we porch. have a lot out there. Yeah. I think next year we have to invest a little bit more. And yeah. Get a little bit more. Yeah. So you totally should do that. Yeah. Um, my mom sent me a little care package, so she sent me like Halloween um, lights to put on my nice. on my patio. So she's like, "Did you put it out yet?" I was like, "Not yet." <laughs> so we want to see your costumes, decorations. You yep. can DM our Instagram account, a Twitter account. You can email if you have Corey yep. or myself's emails. Yep. You can do that too. We want to see it so you can be featured on. Oh my gosh, that's next week. Next week. Next week's episode. 31st is next oh my week's episode. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. I get to dress up twice then <laughs> for this week and then Halloween. So, yeah, that's all yeah. I have. All right. I'm Dana on Halloween. Show us your stuff. We'll see you next Tuesday, okay? Take care.